children be dismissed and they'll go back to their class. good to be in the Lord's house and good to see everyone here. <clears throat> if you've got a Bible this morning and you want to follow along in text, I encourage you to do that. Uh, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. <clears throat> We've been talking a lot about change, uh, how Everything has changed. Everything continues to change. But God led us a different direction this morning. Um, and just trying to follow the Spirit of the Lord uh, in our studies, we began to think about faith. And even in change, there's always risk. But there's faith. And here in the 11th chapter, we notice the faith chapter. And as God led me there, I just want you to follow along with me in verse number 1. The Bible says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gift. And by it being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that is and that is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah warned of God of things not seen as yet to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith Abraham when he was called when he was called to go out into a place which he had should after receive for inheritance obeyed and he went not went out not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city who hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah Herself received strength to conceive seed, was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithfully who hath promised. Therefore sprang there even of one in him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, as the sand which be by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Bold faith requires risk. Bold faith requires risk. The great hockey player, Wayne Gretzky, if anybody knows anything about hockey, he was one of the best. And he once was asked, how was he so successful on the ice? 
His answer was this. It's not good enough to know where the puck is. But I skate to where the puck is going to be. It's not good enough to know where the puck is. But I skate to where the puck is going to be. The writer of Proverbs 29 said it this way. Where there is no vision, the people perish. And for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking a lot about vision. Knowing where the puck is going to be. The puck being your life. The puck being this church. The puck being your soul. Where is it going to be? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, Holy Spirit, we ask you to move right now. Lord, I ask you to take control of the service, get this preacher out of the way. God, you do not need me. But Lord, you use me as a vessel. And God, I'm obedient until whatever you say and tell me to do this morning. But I'm just trying to search, God, for whatever it is you've got in store. I feel your presence today. I have felt you since the moment we entered this place. You wanted to do something this morning, something special. God, I don't want to hinder that. So, Lord, I pray that you would just lead, guide, and direct in this service. Speak to our hearts. Draw us to you. Forgive us where we fail you. We'll love you. Thank you for all you do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Bold faith requires taking The problem with most congregations today is that we've become people who spend most of our time remembering what the congregation used to be in the glory days instead of envisioning what the future will hold. We more than anything in this day and time, we need visionaries and we need vision casters. People who are listening to God. People who are following God in the vision in which He has placed. Nothing that is going on today caught God by surprise. Your life did not catch God by surprise. The viruses did not catch God by surprise. The church house that is struggling today did not catch God by surprise. Ultimately, God has set a stage. And He has set a stage for a church to rise. As people of God to stand firmly in their faith. But let me say this again. Bold faith requires that people take risk. Without faith, (coughs) without vision, without people that are willing to follow the vision, the church will stagnate and eventually die. Jesus was the ultimate vision caster. I want you to listen to some some of his visionary statements. Jesus once told his disciples to lift up your eyes. The fields are white, ready for harvest. He once told his disciples, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed... You can say to this mountain, move, and it will move. 
Jesus once told his disciples uh, to go into all the world and make other disciples. Everything that Jesus spoke of to his disciples, it was dependent on one factor. That we have bold faith and that we take risk and that we follow the vision in which Jesus had placed on the church. All big jobs are dependent on following a vision. Vision itself is the outward proof of a deep faith in God. Faith is that trust in God that enables the believer to press on, press on steadfastly wherever the future may take him or her. This is what enables us to know that God can be relied on regardless of how a situation may look. And today I want to take a very closely look at faith, how it relates to vision. When we are able to understand what the true meaning of faith is, it has to prompt us to take risk for the work of the kingdom. And we need people in our church that are looking for the future. Staying ahead, moving forward. So number one this morning, if you're taking notes with me, a few little things. One, I want us to get an understanding this morning of just what biblical faith is. Now, I'm not talking about what mama and grandma's faith is. I want to get a look at what biblical faith really is. Our text does not offer a complete definition of what biblical faith is, but it does give us a description of what faith does and how faith works. True biblical faith is not blind. In other words, it's not manufactured. It's not a hope so feeling, nor is it some intellectual doctrine. The writer here in Hebrews says uh, that there are some realities for which we have no material evidence. Uh, uh, even though they are not, uh, uh, there's no evidence, it does not mean that they are no less real or that they are not there. Faith enables us to know that they exist and while we have no certainty apart from faith, faith gives us genuine certainty. <laughs> True biblical faith is confident. Obedience to God's word in spite of circumstances. In spite of consequences. True biblical faith is when you and I make a decision that no matter what the world may say, no matter what they may say, no matter what he may say, no matter what she may say, no matter what the consequences are, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter, I'm going to follow God, I'm going to listen to God, I'm going to hear from God, and I'm going to walk through every door that God opens for me because I know His Word says He will not lead me into temptation, and if I do find myself in a place, He will open a window I'll have a way out. True faith says, I'm going to obey God no matter what. I'm going to obey Him. I'm going to obey Him. No matter the consequences. No matter the circumstances. No matter the situation I find myself in, I'm going to obey God. Even... When it looks impossible. Even when the consequences are frightening. Even when it's unknown. I'm going to obey God. Because I know 
He's going to do what's right. Even if it brings me pain. Even if I have to sacrifice. Even if I have to do some things that I don't want to do. Even though my flesh may hurt. Even though my spirit may hurt. Even though I know that I'm just going to do what he wants me to do because I know that it's right. And at the end of the day, nothing else matters because I know that he's going to lead me somewhere that is better for my life. And the Bible tells us that if we cannot do that, it's impossible to please him. A lot of church folk today, they're, they're, they're walking by sight. Not walking by faith, and they're wondering why they're not being pleasant unto God. It's easy to walk with the lights on. It's easy to do uh, 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 to do what I know to do when the lights are on. But boy, when I turn the lights off and I say, God, I just want you to guide me in that direction. And I'm willing to walk in the darkness of the unknown. And I'm willing to do the things that God tells me to do when I don't know the outcome and I don't know what's going to happen. Boy, that's when God looks down and says, boy, I'm pleased with somebody that has true biblical faith. When it seems impossible and circumstances seem overwhelming, but yet I follow God. When believers have faith, that's when they have an unwavering confidence in God. That's when they seek, that's when they receive God's approval. When they have an overwhelming confidence in God. You want to know why people don't tithe? They don't have confidence in God. Oh boy, don't want to get in your pew this morning. You know why people don't witness? Because they don't have confidence in God. You know why people don't do exactly what the Word of God says, Dennis? Because they don't have confidence in God. Virtually, they have no faith. But preacher, I'm at church every Sunday. I didn't say you wasn't. I'm saying you have no faith. When we don't obey, we have no confidence. In God. Faith is the basis, the structure of all the Christian life is. All the Christian life has to hope for. The Greek word, it means that which stands under. Faith is that which stands under. What I stand on that holds me up. Oh, I feel it coming. Faith extends beyond what we learn from our senses. And the author is saying that it has its reasons why. It, its tests are not those of senses which yield uncertainty. You see, the unsaved world does not understand what true biblical faith is. Probably because it sees so little faith in action today in our churches. The world fails to realize that faith is only as good as, it, as its object is. And the object of our faith is Jesus Christ. You want to know something you can stand on that will not fold? It is the, the rock, Jesus Christ. And you want to know what you can do to be pleasing unto God as you stand on the rock of Jesus Christ. And when all hell comes against you, you, you refuse to bow down to evil. You refuse to bow down to things uh, that are not of God and you stand on the rock of Jesus Christ. Amen. Faith is not a feeling. We are the most feelingless people. 
I don't feel like it, I don't have to do it. Or if my feelings get hurt, I can go somewhere else and do something else. We run off feelings. Can I tell you, your feelings will get you in trouble. We run off feelings so much we bring it into the church house. Like the church is a place of just emotions and feelings. As long as I feel good, everything's going to be all right. As long as I feel good. We was talking about this on the way to church. Me and my wife was having a conversation about it. How, boy, the church of Jesus Christ needs participation in it. You know why? It needs participation because... When Anna Scott are out, we don't have nobody singing specials. Now, I know there's some folks that could do it. I mean, I'm not picking on y'all. I'm not, I'm not. They could do it if they'd done it, but they just won't do it. There's no participation in it because they don't feel like it. When this one's out, somebody else has got to... It don't get done because nobody feels like doing it. Because we run on feelings of what we feel like we can do. It used to be we didn't have no sound person. Thank God it's out now. We, 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 got, we got somebody else to step up to the plate and say, I'll do that. The other night, the other night and, and I'm not picking on you or you. I'm not picking on you. I, I know you, you, you got sickness. You got things going on. You can't be here for every service. Y'all were out. We didn't have an usher. I started, to, I mean, I started to take the offering myself. How would that look? Preacher come down there. Preach the matches, do the announcements, take the offering. Anybody can do it. They just don't feel like it. They just don't feel like it. We run off feelings, but that's not faith. Faith is not something that we feel. It's not something we can manufacture. It is our total response to the revealed Word of God. When God reveals something to us, then we respond in faith. That is true biblical faith. When God says it in His Word and the Spirit of God speaks to our heart, we respond to it. This is the reason... The Bible says you cannot be saved until God deals with you first. You will not get saved when you want to. You'll get saved when the revealed Word of God speaks to your heart about your sin and you come to Him. That's when salvation happens. God's got to reveal it to you. And if you're here this morning and you have not the Spirit of God living inside of you, God's already speaking to you about it. You know you need to be born again. Well, I done this and I done that and I cried when I was five years old. Well, I shut my daughter's finger in the door this morning. She cried too, but she didn't get born again because of it. When God reveals your sin and reveals your situation and reveals to you that His written Word says without the blood of Jesus Christ applied to your sin that you're going to spend eternity in hell. Don't matter if your papa and your grandpa and your mama and your daddy were saints. It doesn't matter if they were deacons in the church. Unless you personally respond to the invitation that God gives you, you will spend eternity in a place called hell. That's the end. I didn't say it. God did. But people don't like that anymore either. That's why they leave the church. When the preacher says, hell, they say, oh, I can go over here to the do-good church. And the do-good church will tell me, as long as I uh, pick up enough cans off the side of the road, heaven's my home. But that's not what biblical faith says. It's true biblical faith. Number two, now that we understand what true biblical faith is, True biblical faith always requires something. It requires courage. Our faith is not biblical until we are ready and willing to put it to a test. 
here in Hebrews, we find a lot of that going on. I'm going to stick around with Abraham for just a moment. Everybody knows the character of Abraham, so I think it's easier for us to use him as the example. We see Abraham's faith here in verse number 8. It tells us that he accepted God's promises and acted on them even though there was nothing to indicate that they would be fulfilled. There was no evidence whatsoever. The only thing Abraham knew was that God had said, Abraham, you're packing up, boy. You're going somewhere I'm going to show you. Abraham had nothing to go by except one thing, the voice of God speaking to him saying, do it. Noah, he had no evidence that it was ever going to rain. Nothing. All he had was God speaking to him saying, boy, do it. Sarah, the acceptance of the promise of a child when she was old. She had no evidence showing that she was going to conceive a child. As a matter of fact, she tried all the fleshly ways she could to receive a child. As a matter of fact, she told Abraham, won't you have a baby with my maidservant? That'd give us a child, and it turned out to be a disaster. You see, a lot of us, we're walking around in disasters because God's pointed us one way, and we decided to do it our own way, and then we look back and say, God, what's going on? The problem is not with God. The problem is we're not walking by faith. We're walking and doing things the way we see it done, and sometimes we need to turn back to God and say, God, I'm the one messed this thing up. Sarah had no evidence she would ever conceive until she did. Somebody said, why didn't she get pregnant earlier in life? It seems awfully odd to be so old and have a baby. She wasn't ready for the baby yet. See, some of you are still walking, and you're not ready for what God's got for you yet because you're not willing Him. You're wondering why you're taking three steps forward and four steps back, it's because you've not laid your confidence down yet. You've not laid it all down on the line and you've not drawn a line in the sand and said, God, here I am, right here. I have got overwhelming confidence in you. Abraham was even ready to sacrifice Isaac at the call of God. At the call of God. When God said, Abraham, I want to know something. Is it going to be me and you or is it going to be you and your son? Because I will not play second fiddle to nobody. And Abraham, you know the story goes on up the hill, ties his son there on the altar, pulls out that knife, got it reared back, cocked and ready to go when God says, okay, I just wanted to see how far you would go. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying faith. It takes courage. It requires risk. It takes us to a place that we have to believe God, have confidence in God, walk with God, and refuse to bow down to anything but God. Abraham believed God. He acted in faith. To leave everything you know. Boy, it's quite scary. To leave everything that you know relying on nothing but a word from God takes courage takes belief but biblical faith requires you to be courageous catching the vision that God gives always requires you 
to step out on faith and allow God to make it a reality. Some of us will never see the reality of what God's wanting to do because we're not willing to step out in faith. Let me say that again. Some of us will never see the reality of what God wants to do with step out in faith. I'm not saying you're not born again. I'm not saying you won't make it to heaven, but you will not see the reality of what God wants to do in your life because you're not bold enough to step out in faith and trust God. cannot be courageous without faith. And you can't have faith without being courageous. The writer of Hebrews makes it very clear. Faith enables us to understand what God does. <laughs> faith enables us to understand what God does. Faith enables us to see what others cannot see. Do I need to go back down to that verse? Let me get back down here. Through faith, Sarah's, okay. Verse 13, they all died in faith, having not received the promises, but have seen them afar off. Faith enables us to see what others cannot see. What are your eyes fixed on? Fixed on what God wants me to be, where God wants me to be. I know you can't see it right now, but I know what God wants me to be. And it's the same for your life. I may not be able to see where God's taking you to or what God's doing deep down inside of you, but boy, you can see it if you'll have faith. It takes you being courageous. It takes me being courageous. It takes having bold risk. But number three, I'll have you out of here soon. What are the benefits of being a church that walks by faith? One, walking by faith generates enthusiasm. Walking by faith generates enthusiasm. Big goals create big excitement. And we need to be the type of people that we get really exciting and, and anticipating what God can do when we put our faith in Him or where God can take us when we place our confidence in Him. I read one slogan of a church and this is what it said. It said, let's try something so big that if God isn't in it, we will fail. My friend, that is faith right there. It's to jump out and try something so big that if God is not in it, uh, then you know you're going to fail. In other words, Peter, he stepped out on water because he believed God until he quit believing. Let's try something so big that if God's not in it, we'll surely fail. It generates enthusiasm when you See God do things. But in order to see God do anything, you've got to step out and have a risk of faith. You can't walk by sight and get these same enthusiastic excitement as when you see God do something that you know only God could do. When God does it, God does it right. Even though you may not know what's going, God will do it right. What are the benefits of being a church that walks by faith? It will create enthusiasm. It will create excitement to see what God is doing with His people that are willing to have big risk and step out on faith and trust God. I'm just going to trust God. 
I'm not going to look at my own circumstances. I'm not going to look at what I can do. I'm not going to build a church on Damon Duncan. I'm going to build a church on believing Jesus Christ and stepping out in faith and asking God's people to step out in faith and trust God. You know the problem when, let me tell you what happens. People build churches on people. Watch this now. On a preacher. And this is what happened. When the preacher is gone, the church collapses because it never had faith in God. It had faith in a man in a suit. And the church folds. We need to be a church that believes God. We have a vision of God. And we're going to trust God. And we're going to have excitement because of what God's doing. Not because of what the preacher's doing. Not because of what the deacon's doing. Because of what God is doing in our lives and how God's using us. Faith requires, faith produces, it generates enthusiasm. But watch this. When you take huge steps of faith, knowing God that you believe you serve a big God. When you take huge steps of faith, you're showing God that you believe you serve a huge God. See, some of us are still taking baby steps, steps of faith. Well, we just need to step off that thing and say, God, here it is. Here it is. Here it is, God. I'm not being arrogant. I'm not being condescending. I'm not being bold. I'm being bold and believing and trusting you. Here it is, God. Here's my problems. Here's my situations. Here's my circumstances. Here's what's going on in my life. Here's this. Here's that. This is where I want to be. I don't want to be right here this entire point of my life. I want to be over there. I want to be where you want me to be because I know where you want me to be is the best place in my life. If I could just get there. God, here it is right now. Here's everything I'm going through. Here it is right now. I'm boldly coming to you and saying, God, if you'll show me what to do, I'll do it. Faith generates enthusiasm. But number two, or five or ten, I don't know. Faith, it stimulates prayer. He says, Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 17, he basically told them, you didn't have enough faith. Because he tells them if you had enough faith as a mustard seed, you could say to the mountain to be moved and it would. So, so boldly, this is what Jesus looks at his disciples and says. The reason it didn't happen is because you didn't have enough faith. The, 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 the reason it didn't happen is because you didn't rely on me. The reason it didn't happen, you didn't trust me. The reason it didn't happen is because, that's the reason why. Jesus said it to his disciples, not me. He said, if you would have had that kind of faith, the mountains would have moved. If you would have had that kind of, but it didn't happen. Why? 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 Because you have faith. You see, faith will generate prayer. When you step off on something so big that you know you can't do it yourself, you'll pray more than you've ever prayed before. You don't believe me, you get somebody diagnosed with cancer, they'll pray like they never prayed before. Why? Because they know they can't do it on their own. They know they can't do it on their own. Boy, they'll, 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 they'll lay down and they'll pray and they'll pray and they'll pray for God's healing because they know they cannot do it on their own. God heals sometimes. God don't sometimes. I'm not God and I can't tell you why. But I know this. When you get in a situation that's too big for you, you'll pray like you've never prayed before. And sometimes as a church, we just need to step off in faith and pray like we've never prayed before. We need to have something so big going on that we're on an altar of God all the time crying out in prayer God I need you I need you faith stimulates prayer faith stimulates prayer if you're here this morning you've got mountain sized goals I hope it's motivating you to have mountain-sized prayers.
You can't move mountains on. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That's not going to move a mountain. That's not going to be a mountain. That's not going to move any mountains. You want mountain move? Boy, it's going to require some mountain moving prayer. A bold faith. It generates and stimulates prayer, but a bold faith produces big challenges, and big challenges stimulate big prayer, and big prayer results in big miracles. Big challenges stimulate big prayer, and big prayer results in big miracles. Big miracles. Why? Because there's big prayers. It stimulates prayer. Watch this. Walking by faith, it motivates sacrifice. I don't want to quit preaching. And I'm feeling really good. I know some of you are ready to go home, but I'm re- it motivates sacrifice. People step up to the plate in response to inspiring challenges. People step up to the plate in a response to inspiring challenges because they're motivated to sacrifice because of what they believe, because of what they know God's going to do. They're motivated to give it up because they know they serve a God that's big enough. I think of some of the missionaries of the world that's went across the world with absolutely nothing to live in a mud hut, but they saw something afar off. They saw God doing something big in their life and they followed God to the end of it. Oh, that a church would step up to that kind of plate and be motivated to sacrifice personal things for the glory of God. Let me say this this morning. If you're asking God to do something great, you're going to do your best to see that it comes to pass. You're going to have to be willing to sacrifice some things. If you're wanting God to do something great, you're going to have to give Him your best and you're going to have to be willing to sacrifice some things. If that's what you want. If you want God to do great things. Fly by the seat of your pants does not work. It may get you somewhere in life, but it ain't going to get you where God wants you to be just by flying by the seat of your pants. You've heard that expression, right? It requires a great sacrifice walking by faith. I know a fellow, I don't know him personally, I read his book. And he felt God's calling him to start a church. And he dumped everything he had in it. He dumped his mortgage in it. He dumped his savings in it. He drew out everything out of his retirement, him and his wife both, and they dumped it all into this church, this building to be constructed. It's now one of the largest churches in America. Life Church. He dumped everything into it. Everything he dumped into it. Why? Because of a vision that God gave him with great faith. He made a great sacrifice. He says in his book, boy, I dumped everything in it. Every dollar I had went into everything. Can you imagine, just imagine with me just for a moment because some of you are going to go, no, I wouldn't do that and that's okay. It's between you and God. But what if God spoke to you today and said, empty your retirement 
and dump it into something because I'm going to bless you in it. Most of us would say, God, you have, are you talking to me? You've lost your mind. But great faith requires great sacrifice. When you walk by faith, you, you have to give up the necessary and give up the goal. Paul said it this way in Galatians chapter number 2. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I've been crucified with Christ, Paul said. It's not me living anymore. In other words, Paul said, everything I have is... He calls it dung. No, it's nothing. But everything I want to be in Jesus Christ, that's what my goal is. Walking by faith motivates sacrifice. One, give me one more. Walking by faith produces harmony. Unity. When everybody's walking by faith, it produces something. It produces this unification where people are drawn together in community because they've got a vision of where God's taking them and they're working and doing everything they can to get there with their brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Preacher, what do you mean? Let me tell you this way. Soldiers, Army, Navy, Marines, whatever. When they're in barracks and, and they're in, you know, close living conditions, and I've been told that there has been the bickering and murmuring, and there's even been fights that break out amongst one another because they're living in such close conditions that people begin to get on one another's nerves when they're in the barracks. But watch this. When they are on the battlefield, they stand united. Mm, boy, that is so good. If you didn't get that, you missed everything. When you are on the battlefield walking by faith, you don't got time for bickering. You don't got time for fussing. You don't got time to be mad at somebody. Boy, when you're standing beside your soldier brother or you're standing beside your soldier sister, the only thing you can think of is how we're going to defeat the enemy. Boy, I wish to God right there we'd get excited and unite and stand together and say, I don't know what we're going to do, but I know one thing. I trust a God that's big and I'm able to save and move us forward and we're going to stand together. We're going to fight the enemy. And we're going to do it in harmony. Walking by faith produces great, great harmony. One of the reasons Christians offer often fuss among themselves is they have nothing that's challenging them that binds them together church that's arguing over tradition, fighting over this, fighting over that, has forgotten and lost its vision. D.L. Moody once said, the world's yet to see what God, can, what God can do with a few people who are completely sold out to him. It produces harmony. Let me ask you this morning, are you willing to place your complete trust in God who loved you enough to send His Son to die upon a cross that you could be saved so that you can have a home in heaven so you don't have to go to hell? Are you willing to put your complete confidence 
and that kind of God. Let me tell you, there's no man that can save you except Jesus Christ. I cannot pray your sins away. There's not a one person in this world that can pray your sins away. There is one Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. And unless you put your complete confidence in the blood of Jesus Christ and come to Him in faith, you are yet still in your sin and loss. There's a classic book, and I'm done. Watch this. It's called Duckland. It's a child's book. But it says this. It was Sunday morning in Duckland. And all the ducks came waddling to church. Waddled through the doors, waddled down the aisles, waddled into their pews where they comfortably squatted down. When all were settled and the hymns were sung, the duck ministered, waddled to his pulpit, opened the duck Bible and read, Ducks, you have wings, and with wings you can fly like eagles. You can soar into the sky. And it was marvelous, elevating the ducks reading from the duck Bible. And there was quacks and feathers going everywhere. At the end, they plopped down from their pews and every duck waddled back home. Every duck loved hearing they had wings that they could soar, but at the end of the day, they kept waddling. Let me tell you something, child of God. You've got wings that you can fly. You've got a God inside of you that's bigger than anything you're ever going to go through. You can soar like an eagle. Quit waddling. Quit sitting around on the pew of I can't do nothing. Mm. Let me tell you something. There is a God in heaven that loves you and loves you more than anything. And he's got a plan for your life. And he don't want you just to waddle around and waddle around in sorrow. Waddle around in defeat. Waddle around in addiction. Waddle around doing this. Waddling around doing that. He wants you to flap your wings and he wants you to fly. Child of God, fly! but you're going to have to take big risk. You're going to have to have bold faith. And you're going to have to stand with God and say, God, here I am. I trust you. Are you willing to take that kind of risk to be where God wants you to be in your life? You stand. Every head bowed, every eye closed, all across this city. Let me ask you a question. Do you profess to have faith in Christ? Do you profess to have power in His Spirit, but yet you waddle like the ducks? If that's you this morning, then God wants to do something in your life. If you'll come to Him in complete faith and surrenderance, give it to God. God, here it is. Here's my sin. Here's my past. Here's everything. From this day forward, I want to be a new creature in Jesus Christ. If you'll come to Him faith uh, in faith, confessing, willing to be bold in your faith, God will do something great in your life today. He'll save you if you're lost. If you're backslidden, he'll draw you back. But you've got to make the move. He's already made the first move. The first move was getting you here today. Now it's up to you to move toward him. Father, in Jesus' name, we humble ourselves in your presence today. And God, I pray with great faith, people would come to you. Bold faith, willing to take a risk because they know they serve a God that's able. Father, I pray and plead with you today in Jesus' name. You'd speak to every heart. Change a life here today, God. Change a Christian's life. Uh, someone lost, save them. Whatever the need is, God, I pray that you would move in this place 
Lord, we cannot do it alone. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Draw, move, do. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. You come this morning. You've got a need. These altars are open. Just sit there and waddle back home. Step out in faith and trust God with the need that you have. Preacher, I want to be here in my life. Well, you're going to have to, you have to step out in faith and get there. You've got to be willing to take the risk. tell you something. Look, if you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same results. Trust God. Trust God. Preacher, you don't know what I'm battling. I don't have to know your battle. I know the God of your battle. That's all that matters. The God of your battle can handle anything that you're going to ever come across in this life. Preacher, I need God to do big things in my life. Well, you got to offer up big prayers. you got to have big faith. Big faith. Big faith that says, God, I'm coming to you. I'm walking on the water. Whatever it takes, God, I am coming to you. you to take a risk. Faith requires it. But how, is, how big is your object of faith? Are you depending on God? Are you depending on who He is? Are you leaning on all that He is? Oh, in my, my own strength, I'm not nothing. Oh, but God, in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's a totally different story. When David faced the giant Goliath, in his own strength, it would have beat him. But when he said, I come in the name of the Lord, everything changed. Boy, you may be facing an addiction to some sort of drug, some sort of pornography, whatever it may be. Let me tell you something. You can try to fight it in your own circumstance. You're never going to make it. But boy, when you come in the name of the Lord, everything will change. Thank you. 
you so much for being here this morning. 